This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As you know, myself and X are taking the West Ham Way pre-match events to Australia in July, and this trip to Perth is proudly supported by Perth website marketing company, Eurisco.com.au. That's Eurisco, E-U-R-I-S-K-O.com.au. Eurisco has been building a marketing website since 2014, and they're ready to help you too. Whether you're looking for a new website or want to generate more leads for your current one, urisco.com.au has the expertise and experience to help you kick goals online. Contact Mike today at grow at or visit the website urisco.com.au to find out more. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWHU employee. This week we're joined by Nicky Hawkins from West Ham Fan TV to talk about last season, his thoughts on David Moyes, life after Declan Rice, where we should be spending the money and more before getting the latest news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Nicky, welcome back to the show, mate. How's life without football treating you? Do you know what? Uh, it's a much-needed rest, mate. But thank you for having me back on. Um, yeah, much-needed rest. Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt. I was just talking about Frankfurt. Uh, yeah. Prague, Prague knocked it out of me, mate. So, yeah, oh. I needed the rest. Well, what do you make of last season? Because at times, it was one that was frustrating, infuriating, worrying, but ultimately, one that saw our first trophy in 43 years. It's, it's one of them ones where... You know, retrospectively, you can look back at it and think that that was brilliant. You know, just because of the uh, the cup final alone. But you know, when you look into it deeper and you and you think about you know some of the league form and some of the performances, it, it's worrying at times. You know, and you know when when you know the cold light of day comes along and you've got the trophy and you know you've had this summer, especially with you know the, the players moving on and stuff. You know, I'm starting to look at it and think next season. You know, if we start like we did last. You know, it could be a long, hard season again. So, yeah, well, it's obviously I enjoyed it. It's but probably best time I've ever had as a West Ham fan, just for the final alone. But you know, it glossed over a lot of uh, 
a, a lot of the, the the poor performances and you know poor decisions, management decisions, and you know obvious disarray in the changing room. Um, but you know we need to be weary of that going into next. Mm, I mean, when you look at it, though, it was our first trophy win since 1980, qualified for Europe for the third consecutive season. Now, does that constitute as next level and therefore justify leaving Upton Park for the London Stadium? I don't think so. Uh, It's just, you know, when I look at the players we've got, we've got some brilliant players, Um, you know, Boeing, Paqueta, or Pakatara, as they like to call him now. They like to call him by his proper name. Um, uh, and then obviously Declan Rice and stuff. You know, uh, you know, Pakatar, you could probably toss up. But a lot of them players that we've got at the club now, I, I believe we would have still attracted at, at Upton Park. And, um, you know, with the, the, the introduction of the third tier of the European competition, you know, I, I'm still quite confident that we, we would have got to there or, you know, or thereabouts, even at Upton Park. You know, we've got a... We've got a good side, not a well-class side like we was like we was promised, um, but we've got a good side. But we've had good sides, you know, all through, you know, all through my lifetime. We have a good side, and then it gets dismantled, and then we have bad seasons. And there isn't a lot that I can see that's happened. You know, uh, yes, three consecutive seasons in Europe is is you know it's it's not been done before by us. But when I look at the circumstances, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, the level that we've stepped up to warrants the big move, in my opinion. I think we would have still been there or thereabouts if we'd have been at Upton Park. Mm. But that's just my opinion. Mm. Well, I mean, factually, we was only a few games away, literally, from qualifying for the Champions League, Yeah, we? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. People, you know, people do forget that. You know, the last season at the Bolin. But as I say, we, you know, it's stable now, you know, and... A lot of it's sort of um, dressed up because we've had such disarray there. You know, for me, you know, Upton Park was, you know, the the be-all and end-all of West Ham. And we we, we have lost a little bit of ourselves. Um, But we have got to, you know, make history in this stadium. You know, this is what we've got to do. And we've done that so far. But is it the next level, you know? Can you turn around and say that this is any better than, say, Brighton or Brentford? You know, people that have come from the championship down. And I would say no. I'd say some of them clubs are, you know, a, a further, further advance than us in terms of stability and consistency. You know, and that's something that we've got to work on is our consistency. And yes, we won the European trophy, but we've got to be more consistent in the league table finishes. You know, you've got to be there or thereabouts. You can't have two great season six, six, seven, six or whatever, and then drop down to 14th, nearly getting relegated because that is what people ultimately, whether it's right or wrong, will look at in terms of players, in terms of staff, in terms of, you know, that next level quality player. And they're thinking it's too unstable. You know, there's no stability there. You know, there's no, sometimes there's no direction. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit of a mishmash. You know, their recruitment processes are, I don't think um, up to the standards of, you know, other Premier League clubs. And, um, you know, uh, there's there's still a lot of work to be done to be to be even close to that next level. Mm. No, I think you make a really fair point. Well, a number of fair points, to be fair. How do you feel about David Moyes? Do you think the owners were right to keep him on, on the back of winning the trophy? And are you comfortable with him in charge this season? No, uh, no, I don't think they were. I think, you know, uh, listen, uh, 
we owe David Moyes a lot. He's given us some some of the most, you know, recently some of the some of the best seasons we've had. Um, but this staff merry-go-round that they've got going on at the moment, and some of the noises that are coming from people that are leaving the club are worrying. You know, he's he's he seems to be a very stubborn man. You know, I don't believe everything I read. Um, you know, lots of people like to make up rumours, but you know. You know, when I look at, you know, the staff that have left, some of the noises, you know, some of the people that have left, um, it's a bit concerning for me to to think that, you know, in this day and age of football, you've got to be willing to uh, adapt and and evolve um, your, your your style of coaching, uh, your recruitment processes, you know, uh, and unfortunately, David Moyes is one of them ones that is stuck in his ways, you know, it's worked for so long, but then you've got these, you know, these managers coming in like Jurgen Klopp and, you know, some of the guys that, you know, some of the, what we call the lower clubs, like the Brentfords and the Brightons and people like that are finding, and they're very much open to new uh, coaching methods and, uh, and new styles of play and, you know, adapting. He just hasn't got an adaption in him. It's plan A or nothing. And, you know, some... I think towards the end of the season, I think the only thing that got us out of it is that we had better players than others and, and some of the others were, were just trash. And that's concerning for me. I would have let him win the trophy, said thank you very much, and then moved on to, to you know, to a new longer-term project because, you know, we're getting into this season now. He's only got one year left. I can't see him renewing, you know. And if it gets off to a bad start, you know, you've sort of, seize the season you've you've got rid of you know all the optimism and all the all the good stuff that you've built um just to give him 10 more games and to save yourself a couple of quid so i would i would have i would have parted ways and and that's that's not me being harsh that's me being you know looking at the next level is david moyes football the next level and i would say no it's not it's not really mm, i totally agree Totally agree with that. <laughs> well, I don't, but we won't get here for a massive debate. <laughs> We've had that debate many times between Dave and I. Um, so one one other big departure, and to mention, is obviously Declan Rice. Now, um, mm. he, he's uh, on the brink of joining Arsenal. He's commonly accepted now that he will be joining Arsenal any day now. Um, how big um, a loss is that? I mean, it leaves us without a captain. Um, and who and And how damaging would it be? I look at this two ways. Obviously, we've been, <clears throat> oh, sorry, we've been preparing as a fan base and probably as a club um, to say goodbye to Declan for a couple of years now. I think we've we've kept on to him uh, for a good long while. You know, we we can't match his ambition. Um, he's an ambitious kid, a uh, lovely kid, lovely boy, lovely family, and you know, I don't think he's ever made it. Um, you know, a, a secret that he does want to go on and win everything in a game. And, and you can't, you know, you can't deny someone you know, with Arsenal, why he's doing it with Arsenal, I don't know. You know, that's that's down to, the, to you know, to the Rice family. But, you know, you can't deny a, a kid's ambition if if we can't match that. And it's going to leave a massive hole. I think an irreplaceable hole. Mm. But this is where, you know, what I was saying about Moyes needs to come into play now because we need to find a, a, a different way of playing. Um, we, we, you can't replace him, not even with a hundred million pounds. You know, we, we couldn't attract that sort of level of player if they weren't coming for our academy. 
um, mm. just where we are now. You know, when you've got the likes of Man City, Manchester United that are spending, Chelsea, Liverpool, Newcastle now that are spending billions and billions and billions of pounds, you know, a, a top quality player like that, you know, the wages are going mental. You know, uh, there's there's reports that he's going to be on about 250 to 350 grand, you know, um, you know, to, to what you want to believe. But, you know, that's crazy. You know, that's crazy. And then you've got the, the lure of Saudi Arabia. Everything's being pushed up. Um, but this is where it, it's either going to be one or two ways. We, You know, we're going to play the same way or he's going to be forced to, you know, get a couple of replacements and play a different way, which could be good. You know, I think there's times last season when, and this is not, this is not a knock on Declan, but there's a times last season when I thought, you know, some of the commitment from some of the players wasn't quite there. And that, that might've been in the back of their minds, you know, well, the captain's off. We all know he's off, you know, what's the point, you know, we, mm. we everyone can leave. And if he's going to leave, we can leave and all. So it can be a good thing. You know, it isn't all negative, you know, and as I said, it's going to be a, a, a real shame to lose the kid. I love him to pieces, but life goes on. You know, we've lost these players before. We've, we'll lose these players again and we've got to, we've got to carry on. Mm. Yeah, I do like that uh, little injection of positivity there because there hasn't been much when it comes to discussions about Declan leaving. But as X said, and he's right, when Declan does leave West Ham, it leaves us without a captain. I yes. mean, who do you give the armband to, Nicky? Or, or do you recruit a captain? I think there's players in there that can be... I mean, this is the second season in a row that we've lost our captain, by the way. We lost Nobes and then now we've lost Deck. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that's not great. But, you know, there's a couple of big voices in there. Um, you've got to be looking at someone that, that, you know, that plays uh, regularly. Um, I think Aguerd could be a leader. I like him. Um, I think he could he could well find himself the captain. Soufal, you know, that, that rough and tumble player. But again, does he play enough? It'll probably end up, we'll probably end up recruiting one, if I'm honest. Um, I'd like to see Ward Prowse come in. If, 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 the, if the fee's cheap enough, you know, I know he's getting on a bit and I know it's not something for the future, but, you know, losing two captains and two big voices in there, you need something, stable to come in, you know, and you need someone that can, you know, has got a little bit of experience with fighting and fighting at the bottom and someone that can, you know, England international, a bit of a seasoned pro, um, and someone that can be a calming voice in the change room. I'd, I'd like him to come in. I think his set pieces would be, uh, uh, would be beneficial to us as well. I think, you know, the way we've played in the past few years when we've got success, very set pace, piece based team, and he's, you know, there's no better out there, you know. And listen, Dave, when we had Dimitri Payet and we got a free kick, no one was more excited than us, right? When you mm-hmm. know, a free kick ran into the box. And I'd like that back, to be honest. Yeah, I totally agree. I think for me, he'd be the, my main transfer target, I think, purely, yeah. purely for the reasons that you've said there. You get a captain out of him, you get an England international, and as you alluded to there, you get the set pieces. And I think that would then enable Thomas Sujek, assuming both of them would start at the same time, to start improving, because I think he would get on the end of some of those set pieces. Same with Skabaka if he was playing as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it's a, I think you're right on that. That's the, who I would bring in as well. And, and as you say, it solves the captain problem as well 
one thing that West Ham fans have been debating that's really kind of divided the fan base it seems at the moment is and we're still talking about Declan Rice here but whether he is a legend in your eyes or not some fans are like right he's gone he don't mean nothing to me now uh, good riddance type thing whereas other fans are arguing that obviously he's only one of two captains to list, lift a European trophy and one of three captains to lift any trophy so yeah. and the other two are Billy Bonds and Bobby Moore so does he rank in their category of legend or is he just below or is he just a, a like a same as a I don't know a Michael Carrick type figure no I would, I would say he's a bit more than that as I say is you know captain maybe by default you know, I'd, I, to be honest with you, I, I would have loved Nobles to have been there for that season. You know, if that would have come a season before, that would have been uh, perfect. But I think by default, you know, a legend is the a play on the words of legacy. And there's no doubt he's left a legacy. So, you know, listen, I, I, he's not Bobby Moore and he's not Billy Bonds. But, you know, if he'd have stayed a couple more years, I think he would have been put in them, that category. But, you know, he's he's got his own you know, legacy to write and his own legend to, 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 you know, to, to, uh, to, to follow. So not quite Bobby Moore or Billy Bonds, but he's got to be up there for me. You know, he's, as you say, he's, his name will be synonymous with our club now for, you know, we've, we've got Bobby Moore and Billy Bonds lifting trophies in the seventies, eighties, sixties. And now we've got one in a 2020. So yeah, I think just by default, but you know, he's not up there with the likes of, you know, Bobby Moore and, and Trevor Brookin and people that, you know, spent their whole career with us. But he's up there. He's up there. Mm. Well, I mean, you mentioned James Ward-Prowse there, and I think that's a good shout for the reasons that you gave. But how many players do you think in total we need to buy this summer and in which areas? I think we need another centre-back. You know, I, I was a bit um, surprised that they give Oggy, although I love Oggy, um, but I was a bit surprised that they extended his by another year. Um but Aguerd and Zuma, they've had their injury problems. And, you know, you don't want to be going into into big games, you know, with, you know, a, a stitched up. So we, I think we would need another one just to compete with them two. Um, uh, I think two midfielders, because he needs to get out of that Suchek bubble, because sometimes Suchek, and I love the guy, he's a positive guy and he's a lovely guy. But sometimes he runs around like an headless chicken and he don't know what, you know, he can't pass the ball five yards. And sometimes we need something else, you know, Flynn Downs is there. He, he doesn't quite fancy him, does he? But I think you just need two to replace what Declan Rice bought, um, you know, whether that that's changing the system or, you know, swapping it about and seeing who fits in quicker. You know, I, I'd like, as I said, Wall Prowse and, and a younger player, someone that could, you know, is further for the future. You know that Alex Scott, I think, would have been would have been a good shout. Um, uh, and I would listen. I would get rid of a couple before I bought a forward in. But you know, I, I think a definite forward, a different type of forward. I don't think Ings is quite at it anymore. And that's a shame because I like Danny Ings, and he's been a good pro and he's been a good goal scorer. But um, for me, what I saw last season, I don't know whether it was Moyes ball or the, you know the way we was playing, but he just didn't quite click. And I think he's probably championship level. He'd be brilliant championship striker. But, you know, in terms of, um, you know, starting for West Ham, I can't see him getting many opportunities next season. So, yeah, someone like a proper forward, because we can't keep them relying on Antonio. We can't keep them going back to the same thing over and over and over again. Because how do you progress? Mm. 
Yeah, no, I totally get your point there. I think Danny Ings as well was kind of bought, like it's well known, it was kind of like a present to David Moyes. And I think he might have even been brought in with the sort of maybe the assumption that if we stayed up, he could do well. And if we went down, he could yeah. do very well. I think it was kind of like a backup option for both. And I agree with you. He hasn't really set the world alight since signing. And I mean, and his age is concerning on that. Obviously, if he was young, then you could say, oh, maybe it took a while to settle. But he's like very experienced and obviously mm. hitting an age now where things are going to be on the decline so he is a bit of a worry considering how much we paid and how much we are paying in terms of wages um, in terms of new players being brought in obviously a, a new crucial addition this season is Tim Steinston um, he's going to play a big part in bringing players in possibly players that we've never heard of or have never been on the radar because um, he obviously uses statistics and has yep. a, a, a greater knowledge of the foreign transfer market are you um, excited about his appointment? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, uh, it's, it needs to be different. You know, we need to change the way we we recruit. You know, there's been the way we've recruited, at, you know, at times, you know, with all due respect, but Sullivan going out and buying gifts for managers that they don't really want. And and then, you know, the Will Salthouse connection where, you know, we, we would go for or more likely to go for agent recommendations. This, you know, that's poppycock for a, for a Premier League team. You know, a lot of these teams now, you see them, they've got big centres where they're, you know, running analytics and, and statistics you know, daily, you know, hourly, minutely, you know, to, you know, to, to analyze what's going on and, you know, the amount of running and, you know, to, to, to get the balances right. And I think we need to look at things like that. You know, there's no doubt about it. You know, I've been to the training ground, although Dougie, God bless his heart, was trying so hard to convince me that, you know, it's, you know, he was trying to convince me words that it's up to date. It's not, it's not an up to date training ground. And we need to make, if we can't, make the training grounds um, any better. We need to, you know, do it by statistics and analytics and, and things like that, because we just haven't got the facilities that other teams have got. And, you know, the, a lot of them, as I say, the Brightons, the Brentfords, the, you know, the teams like that, are, you know, that that's very much implemented in their, in their scouting. And it, it's not wrong, is it? You know, they're, they're, they're buying players for peanuts and they're selling them, for 50, 60, 70 million pounds, you know, Caicedo, they're talking about hundred million pounds, which is mental, you know, so we need to do something different. So I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, I'm not optimistic. I won't be optimistic till it starts working, but you know, it, listen, we're not always here for names, you know, not, you know, not, not, buying names doesn't always work. And, you know, we're, you know, we're number one, one of the number one um, victims of that, you know, it doesn't always work. So, you know, I like the fact that 
you know, with the Man Cities and the Man Uniteds and all of this money being spent, you need to find a different way to 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 compete. You know, you can't compete. We can't keep it. We can't offer Declan Rice a new contract and say, there you go, sign that and um, we'll build around you because they're, 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 you're talking about players on a million pounds a week now. And, <laughs> you know, you have to find a system where you're bringing in fresh blood all the time, you know, and, and to compete with the, the, you know, the people that can spend the money. Um, financial fair play will never work because the only one that are breaching it are the people that are, they, they don't want to be in trouble, which is unfortunate. Um, and you, you, you know, you're just going to see these, these prices and, you know, wages rising and, and you know, everybody's going to be left behind. We're, we're going to create a, a super league in our own league, which is sad. It's sad. And it's, you know, it's worrying um, for, for, you know, for, for a supporter outside the top six. So you've got to try something different. Hmm. Well, you alluded to this earlier, but the departure of both Warburton and Nevin, it is, hmm. it's a bit of a worry, really. I mean, how worried are you by that? And does that speak volumes about potentially working with David Moyes? Because, you know, when they did leave, it was by mutual consent, in inverted commas. <laughs> but do you think that is a case of it's running its course, working with Moyes and, and he's kind of, and to, to, to coin a phrase, dinosaur tactics? Is it, can you imagine that's quite frustrating to work with and that is possibly the driver behind both from walking? Well, you had the, uh, the, the you know, the whistleblower didn't you know, earlier on last season and he you know he, he he sort of alluded to a lot of backroom falling outs and mm. people like rice and and nolan having to confront him um you know taking people off of set pieces and, and taking control of him himself and you know things like that um and with the departures of them i mean the warburton one was was telling because you know he he basically turned around and and, and said um, I had to leave because our friendship was uh, was suffering. You know, they're, they're good friends off the pitch. And that's worrying because if your friends can't get through to you, who's going to get through to you? You know? Um, yeah. But as I say, like, you know, Nevin walking out now, um, I, I, I said this on our show Friday Night Pint, I, I'm a little bit worried because this is not the end of the season. This is not, a, you know, lift the trophy then, write a tweet out saying goodbye. Thank you very much. I'm, you know, I've been offered, this is the start of preseason. And mm. you know, when we're meant to be coming back and building for the new season and all of a sudden, boom, someone's gone. You know, I know that they've got, they're looking at the guy from Arsenal, but it, 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 something's wrong, Dave, something's wrong. And, you know, we, we need to keep an eye on this space because he can't have long with that league form. They, you know, they, they can't go through another, you know, 10 games like they did last season because we'll be banging trouble. And, you know, it could be, you know, just like like the likes of Burnley um, and Southampton it could be one, you know, one too many for us. So, yeah, I don't like the fact that they're gambling at times, but listen, we, it's West Ham, we're used to it, aren't we? So, yeah, let's, it, it's a little bit concerning, but, you know, I might be looking a little bit too much into it. It's just, I, I see things from the outside and I'll, you know, put two and two together, sometimes come up with five. So, yeah, let's just see how it goes. Yeah, and please God, it does go well. And we do need a positive start because one Shoot. thing I think that's going to become very evident with David Moyes' style of play is that I think we'll all suffer that if we get the results. Absolutely. But if we don't 
get the results, it's going to come on top for him a lot quicker than it would do any other manager. Because, you know, as West Ham fans, we've always suffered defeats if the players are giving 110% and we're getting the ball down on the floor and having Absolutely. a go and trying to be entertaining with it. But if we haven't got any of that and we're playing shit football and we're losing the game, it, like I say, I think it's going to come on top for him very quickly. So let's hope we get off to a good start for Christ's sake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's very important, particularly with the negativity. I mean, at one point, I would say probably 90 to 95% of the fan base seemed to, to worry about when it was at its worst. So if that starts to show, rear its head again, some of those performances, I think it'll be very quick for fans to turn on him again. And then once the negativity creeps in, it's very hard to, to shake it. Um Finally, when you look back on last season, obviously the most memorable moment was the final in Prague. But are there any others that stand out or for either the right or the wrong reasons? If you were to sum up last season and a couple of key key sort of points from that season, what would it be? So, so I'll take them as points that we need to we need to you know, not go into the Brighton game and lose our 424th game on a bounce to them. Yeah. Um, that'd be nice, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is unlike the Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um I think the towards the end of the season was a couple of positive performance. I think the Arsenal performance was positive. You know, you know, a team that was you know steamrolling teams by that point, um, two 0 down within ten minutes, and a little bit. You know, it, it that that was the one that sort of made me think, okay, maybe we're not down, down and out because I thought we was dead and buried. You know, I, cu- I couldn't see us getting out of it. I couldn't see the fight where the fight was coming from. I think that was good. I think the Man United performance was good. All of Europe was good. You know, that was. Uh, yeah. You know, all all of the performances. The Alkmaar one was, you know, I, I I hold that in higher regard than the final because, you know, it was one of them ones where they hadn't lost in something like 30 games at home in Europe. And, you know, it was, although we went into their winning, it was it was one of them ones where you're thinking, oh God, this is it. You know, we're going to go into this. We know what happens. We've seen these, you know, we've read this script before. And um, to score a last minute winner in, you know, and in the semi-final and the final is, I think, is unbelievable. But um, I can't think of too many. The only, the only thing I can bloody think of is fucking Nolsey was probably my highlight of the season when he started knocking out. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't ask you for your negative ones because there's probably quite a few. And uh, yeah. so you're getting to the end of the show now, really. But uh, yeah, I think Noel, Noel's is a good shout, definitely. I think there was some individual moments as well. I mean, when you think of Declan's goal, um, it was again oh, in the yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, that was, was right up. That was unreal. And there's like a few a few like away days, like Bournemouth, 4 0 at Bournemouth, yes, where yes. Dave and I bumped into you and uh, Ryan outside and stuff. That, yeah. was a, that was a great away day. And there was a few of them scattered around here here and there but as you say I think ultimately it was the European games and campaign that just stand out more than anything yeah they're, they're the only ones I really remember now you know it's, mm. as, as I say it's one of them ones but um, before I go gents can I just can I just say something quickly what, what do you think of the new kit I think the bubbles are a bit weird. I don't know why you've got sort of half, sort of half bubbles around it. And I think there's something about the colour. I can't describe it. It almost looks a bit like it's from a market stall. I like the actual arm, like classic arms, and you know, being blue, yeah. like blue, and the shirt, the body being claret. I uh, don't mind claret shorts and the hoop socks either. I think that looks quite classy sometimes. But it's those bubbles that just don't look right for me. They look like. 
old used beer match. You know when you put a beer on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, or like a pint glass that's not completely clean properly. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, yeah. Dave? What do you think? Well, uh, yeah, I, I take the point about the bubbles. I think what they've tried to create is possibly the bubble catching the light as they're floating. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, they've tried to achieve, whether they've achieved it, I think it's up for debate. But I've got to be honest, with my kits, I don't like them to be overcomplicated. So I like the simplicity of this yeah. kit as well. Um, I would have liked white shorts, but I don't think the claret shorts are a problem. Love the socks, you yeah. know, because I do like ring socks. And I think generally speaking, we've had worse. So I, I, I don't mind it, actually. A fair point on the bubbles, but otherwise, yeah, I quite like it. What do you think? No, I, I, I'm the same, mate. I quite like it. Listen, Designing a home kit must be the most most difficult thing because if, if you know, people say, oh, can you get some more creative? How, how, how creative can you get with claret and blue? You know what I mean? Like, and if you fiddle around with it too much, people don't like it. That's a difficult, um, you know, it's a very difficult kit to design. You know, you get a little bit more creative, art, you know, um, freedom with the away kits because you can, you can mix it up a little bit. Um, but I know I quite like it. The only thing I didn't like, mate, and I, listen, I, I just – got to say this they've, they've i think fans need to sort of stand up against this sort of thing because it's gone up to 75 pounds oh, that's outrageous shirt, and 60 yeah. pounds for um you know for for um for children's shirts and mm-hmm. i'm about to do a video we're doing a little bit of research at the minute and i'm about to release a video um where i'm looking into this because the problem is with this is that listen i know that world's you know the world's in trouble at the minute in terms of finances you know inflation is far out, out outweighing the, the pay rises at work and stuff and this sort of stuff for football clubs um you know they're, they're well known as, as greedy bastards let's be honest really you know when you've got players going for 100 million pounds you know little things like reducing uh, you know the prices of shirts you know it would go a long way to, to families and to uh, and to things like that and when you look at you know Obviously, I've said this before, and I get a barrage of abuse online when I turn around and go, this is taking a piss, and people go, well, you don't need to fucking buy it, blah, 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 and all this sort of nonsense. And I think to myself, well, no, that you know, it's not so much for me. I don't really – I wear one every now and then. I've got a couple that I get bought for me, you know. But, you know, my sense of pride comes when I buy my children the shirt. You know, I love him to to get excited when he pulls on the clock because that's what I had when I was a child. You know, I was very yeah. excited to get that claret and blue shirt and pull it out, and I wanted to wear it 24 seven. I never wanted to take it off. And that's where my real love for West Ham come. And there's a couple of problems here. Now they're at, you know, they're, they're out pricing people like um, normal working families with a couple of kids. You know, I think some of the kids, my, you know, my boy's gone into sort of small, extra small adult sizes now. So, it's a little bit more, but it's something like 135 quid for the kit now um, for each kit or something like that. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And they're driving people towards these sort of Chinese sites, which, you know, I've ordered a couple of these shirts and the, the, the materials are very good quality and they're a fifth of the price now, you know, and I'm looking at them. And when you look at their, those, you know, the way they're produced, they're produced in warehouses that have got connections with the black market, with sex trafficking, with drug, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's sort of pushing the families towards, you know, having to use those sites to be able to get that sort of same feeling as the kids pulling on the claret and blue and, you know, getting attached. And I think there's something needs to be looked into and I'm going to start using my platform. um, And I'm not pushing this on you. I, I mean, you could cut this out if you want, but I'm going to start using my platform to perhaps, you know, start a movement and, you know, sort of protest against the prices because 
this is getting ridiculous now. You know, that's mm. nearly doubled in price in the last 10 years. And, you know, we, we can't afford it anymore. No, I think that's spot on, mate. I mean, if you if you say a kit costs 135, there's obviously three kits a year as, as yeah. well in terms of the home away and the third. So if you round it all up, that's a, that's about 400 quid for for three kits for one child. I've got three children, so that's 1,200 pounds. If I was to kit them all out, if I was to get them a season ticket as well, you know, season tickets, you know, I know you can get them cheaper than what I pay, but I've got band one. So if you just throw on another, say, you know, two grand or so for all of them uh, with the kids and and me. Uh, well, be more than that. actually probably about three grand. You know, you're, you're talking four thousand five thousand pounds there. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's just not affordable. And also, when you when kids go to school, and you know they have non-uniform day or sports day or something like that, they, most of them wear the colours of their um, of their team that they support. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and there's a real pressure. You know, if a kid turns up with a like a real obvious fake one, they're they're in, they're in line to get you know the, the piss taken out of them. Yeah, yeah. But understandably, a lot of working class families well most families in fact I remember when we were back to whether you're working class or anything above that because it's so expensive but most families are under pressure to buy those kids and it's a real financial um, hit to some families to get your child out like that and I totally agree with you I think unfortunately football is just now moved so far from the working man's game to something way beyond that now and you know it, it, you're right I think taking a stance against that pricing is spot on and it's not just West Ham you look at all football clubs they certainly Premier League clubs they're all charging that amount of money I saw Sheffield Wednesday the other day release their season ticket prices for the championship and their match tickets and they're ridiculous you know like yeah, everything's yeah. just gone out of control and I think you're right it takes people like yourself and similar groups to start take, saying anything before any action will yeah be absolutely I mean we've had to step in in, in government before I mean a, a couple of 15 or so years ago they made a, a, a thing in government where they couldn't change the home strip twice yeah. Um, you know, in two years, and and now that for mm. some for some reason that's just gone out the window, and yeah. you know they're really really milking it, you know. And when you you've got players that are earning four hundred, five hundred thousand pounds a week, I think they're just becoming so distant to what is affordable and what is not, you know. Mm. And it's you know, especially with the way the world is in the moment, and you know, it, listen, it, they want to charge whatever they want for for you know if for rulers for, but I want. You know, we need them children to get them claret and blue kits. And there's a lot of competition out there. And with the internet and streaming services and all that, you know, it's so easy for a kid to pick up a Man City shirt or a or an Arsenal shirt. You know what I mean? Like, let's get them kits affordable, get them on our children and get them attached to the club because they are the future. Definitely, mate. Definitely, and it proves that you can achieve things like this in football. Because if you remember with the away um, tickets capping, you know, away yeah. tickets now capped at £30 for every Premier League away game. Now, I remember the times when certain clubs would charge what they want. So you'd go to like Manchester United, seems to stand out in Newcastle as well. You'd be paying 65, 70 quid for Fitch, an away you know what, ticket. So I, I think we was just as bad. Yeah, probably. I, I remember yeah. Sunderland yeah. fans yeah. telling me at the end of the, you know, the before the cap come, we, we charged that like 66. Quid and we was already down. Yeah, there you go, mate. Exactly. So <laughs> it does prove that with the right um, lobbying, I guess you can get these these cats put in place. So I think it's a really good idea, mate. Personally, well, we'd yeah. definitely be be on board with that because hearing what you're both saying is absolutely true. I echo that. And whilst you're talking, just out of pure interest, I don't even know why I picked Man United, but I'm looking at their new kit releases, and you've got. Manchester United Adidas home shirt, 2023 to 2024, marked as a new arrival. That's 80 quid. <laughs> and I, I, unless I'm missing something, 
you go a couple of shirts across, then you've got Manchester United Adidas Home Authentic shirt. Yeah. 2023 to 2024. That's 110 quid. Now, I can't see the difference between the 80 quid and the 110, but I'd be thinking I've just spent 80 quid on a shirt to be told that there's an authentic option. Yeah, they, yeah. Do, they do them. Adidas, Adidas and Nike are, are the big ones for this, and I've seen them, is that um, they do sort of a replica, which is made of cheaper materials, mm. and they do like the, the authentic one is the actual one that the players get, you know, with is the light. Right? Yeah. I didn't the, know. Yeah, it's a sweat technique. It's yeah, got, like, yeah. fibres that hold the sweat away from the body and into the material, so that would be the main difference in those two kits. Really, I mean, even I don't, one, I don't run, we don't run enough for them one stage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's wasted, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But um, Nikki, it's always a pleasure speaking to you, mate. It really no, is. Thank, thank you so much. You know, and uh, and listen, we wish you and the boys all the very best for the new season. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, let's meet up soon. Yeah. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.